podcast land. Hello, Joel. Hello. Um, so tonight we have moved on from our Tilling Tara book, and we this week are talking going to be talking about framing. Right. Okay. Um, so what the students read or are reading for this week is a um, sort of classic Benford and Snow annual review of sociology or I should say a c- kind of classic vision of framing. Okay. They read it in an annual review piece. Gotcha. Um, so uh, that was from 2000. So state of the literature on framing in 2000. 20 years old. It is now 20 years old. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of interesting. Um, think about that. One of the things I'll say is a quick preface before I jump into the material is just that annual review pieces, so this is a journal, there's an annual review of sociology, an annual review of political science, are really excellent places to start research projects because it's basically giving you a summary of state of the field. State of the field in on topic X, right? Mm-hmm. And so the reason that I gave you this piece is partly because it helps you sort of quickly identify mm-hmm. what are the main strands of you know, research questions, this kind of thing that have to do with framing. Um, so as you're working on your own research papers, uh, you might do some early searches in the Annual Review of Sociology or the Annual Review of Political Science. Um, I'm sure you can show them how to locate those in Zoom. Yes, in class. you could. We may be doing that this week. Good, <laughs> good. So, it's um, always good to just, you know, yeah. so anyway, go so over the steps. So I wanted to... Um, just point that out, that this is a good kind of place, starting place for research because it gives you a, an overview of, of stuff okay. in the, on, the, on the subject. Who's starting okay. the cards tonight? Me so I've got I, number one. I am. So you have number um, zero. Because I wanted to actually say just a quick setup. So they read that, that piece. We're not talking about that piece, you and I. Whoa. Whoa. We're not going to talk you about are flipping the script 2000. This semester. They also read another piece. Okay. Um, they read another piece that's called The Logic of Connective Action by Lance Bennett. Man, and that is a punny title. <laughs> it is a punny title. And Lance Bennett and Alexandra Segerberg, I guess you would mm. say. Um, and it is indeed a punny title. Are they taking on Olson? Well, on Olson's Logic of Collective Action, they're kind of taking on a little bit social movement mm-hmm. theory and especially the way that the frame theory that mm-hmm. the students have just read about if they started with the mm-hmm. um, annual review uh, Benford and Snow piece. So I just wanted to sort of read a couple of quotes from that, the sort of classic collective action frame piece. Right. Before we dive in to the... the Was this Moncure Olson? That's who wrote the Logical Logic of Collective, collective action. action. Right. Yeah. And the students read a little bit about what that talks about. We can talk about that a little bit as we get into the next piece. Well, maybe you can talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> it's been a while since I read it. It's just free riders. Oh, yes, right? of course. Very good. I mean, it's just that, like, the logic of collective action is that you have to overcome the free rider right. problem because everybody, like, rationally, you should yes, opt yes. to not Okay, right, act, right, right. right. That in, that's the collective action. So this act, is the collective, classic, collective action problem. So okay. much of social movement literature is implicitly or explicitly dealing with this issue that you can have shared grievances and not have mobilization. Mm -hmm. And so there must be 
a collective action problem that needs to be overcome in order to get this. And so what causes that collective action problem to be overcome? Okay. Right? Um, so, yeah. Okay. So anyway, one of the ways that um, the sort of earliest sort of like resource mobilization social movement scholars saw this partly as like the solution is organizations okay. and resources, right? And that's right. how you overcome the collective action problem. Um, and then the people that looked at framing, like Benford and Snow and people in that sort of school, also saw this as partly that like part of what brings us to overcome the collective action problem is, is a process of meaning making, mm -hmm. right? And that's what they ended up calling framing. So they say on the, if we're starting with the Benford and Snow on page 615 of that article, that collection action frames are constructed in part as movement adherents negotiate a shared understanding of some problematic condition or situation they define as a need of change, make attributions regarding who or what is to blame, articulate an, alternate, an alternative set of arrangements, and urge others to act in concert mm -hmm. to affect change. Mm -hmm. Change, sorry, mm -hmm. right? So that basically the role, part of the role of movements is to frame problems so that they first like diagnose what the problem is, mm -hmm. um, who is to blame, and then sort of say what we should do, and then wow. you know motivate people into the streets, right? Right. So framing then in this view is a significantly larger process. I mean, that's the process of that's like Alinsky's popular education. Yeah, so there's right. a lot, like, right? It's not just framing, right? Like right. framing is getting people to go to your meeting and like framing is getting people to stay in your meeting and framing is getting people to like go to enough meetings that they start to develop that shared language. Partly, language. right? Partly. So part of it is like, it's like, but I think, so this, the, what you're identifying is exactly what is characteristic of this literature, which is that this becomes tightly bound with organizations. Yeah, right? yeah. Because in order to like successfully diagnose the problem and then communicate that and figure, figure out who to blame and what to do, and like this requires resources. Mobilize a lot this of resources to do that. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. So you've just identified this sort of classic yes. <laughs> like sort of issue that it's comes. almost like I went to grad school. It's almost stuff. like you went to grad school. Um, so, so this is this, the sort of backdrop of the article that we are about to read from 2012. Okay. The logic of connective action. So that's what I wanted to just give us as our starting right point. Right Just get us right set on. up with this. Uh, yeah, I'm already, th it seems like I'm already there. You're already there, there though, Good. so I mean, really. Good, all right, uh, am I flying through this now? Yeah, so now we've moved okay. on for the rest, the, all the quotes are from the, um, from the um, Bennett and, and Segerberg, Seger, Seger, Segerberg. Segerberg, great. Uh, page 743, structural fragmentation and individualization and many contemporary societies constitute an important backdrop to the present discussion. Various breakdowns in group memberships and institutional loyalties have trended in the more economically developed industrial democracies, resulting from pressures of economic globalization spanning a period from roughly the 1970s through the end of the last century. When enabled by various kinds of communication technologies, the resulting DNAs, that is, digitally networked actions, in post-industrial democracies bear some remarkable similarities to action formations and decidedly undemocratic regimes. Okay, so let me see if I can understand what is being communicated in this. 
In, so in industrial democracies, I guess what this is getting at is that organizing in industrial democracies and non-democracies follows similar processes. So partly that's the yeah. kind of funny conclusion that they come to there, but it starts with the first sort of uh, observation that's basically the kind of Putnam bowling alone. Uh, structural fragmentation and individualization. Right, that yes. basically we're not in groups as much anymore. Right. We're less likely to be in. Yes, we've lost our Tocquevillian way and right. here we are bowling alone. Here we are bowling alone. So I don't know if any of you guys read that at some point during your college career, but. They didn't. Probably not. That one's, that one's largely, yeah, I mean. Out. Anyway, we don't need to get into why the neo Tocquevillians fall <laughs> But nonetheless, so the, this is, there's two parts to this. One is that there's this um, right group membership down. One of the things that I think is interesting about this is Kay. that that is one of the things that's a characteristic of authoritarian regimes yeah. is that they tend to limit. Groups, yeah. right? You can't be in groups. It's right there in Origins of Totalitarianism. Right. They chapter 13, I think, <laughs> of Hannah Arendt's text. So, they, right, you can be only in groups mobilized by the state if there yep. are groups or you're atomized outside and that group membership is challenging so that we end up getting in both, like in a certain regard, you get in these industrialized democracies where group membership and atomization has taken over mobilization patterns that actually are going to share stuff, share more than we might have expected. Especially, I this mm -hmm. is I, I put this quote in here partly because they just read the Tilly and Tarot mm. that made big regime distinctions, right? I see, I see. Um, I mean, so as Sheldon Wolin calls this inverted totalitarianism. Right, where there's no, mm -hmm. there's, yeah, hyper-atomization in the same, you know, but Hyper-atomization and demobilization, yeah. but without, without the state being right. the agent of right. that. Yeah. So anyway, so it's a sort of fun, it's, this is a sort of fun backdrop of this thing that, you know, how much, it's getting us to, there are early examples, you know, right, that the Arab Spring right. occupy Wall Street mm -hmm. and the European Spanish, and like the Spanish indignados, right, share, mm -hmm. right. Similar organizing. Similar kind of connective, connective, connective logics. <laughs> right, and DNA. I can't, I can't stand they I call it either. DNA. It's, it's really stupid. annoying. It's really bad. All right. Um, page 744. The nominal issues may resemble older movement or party concerns in terms of topics, environment, rights, women's equality, and trade fairness. But the ideas and mechanisms for organizing action become more personalized than in cases where action is organized on the basis of social group identity, membership, or ideology. Right, so there's no groups that can like, there's no group identities that these contemporary framing practices can like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of um, free ride on, or not free ride, but like can hook themselves into. Well, is that what this thing? at the far end of this, this spectrum. So they eventually, um, I didn't give you this figure, I don't think, I had it initially in my notes, but I didn't end up giving it to you. They're gonna basically set out this somewhat of a like typology, I guess, but it, where it's basically you have the kind of traditional organization-based collective action, mm -hmm. which would be like unions and okay. right, the sort of typical stuff. And then you have the far end of this highly personalized, no organization kind of thing. And then you have this middle ground where you have organizations that are receding into the background 
but still doing all this organizing work while using this like personalized kind of communication techniques. I got you. Um, so they see sort of a spectrum, and I mean, I'm, I think they acknowledge that this is like really more of a continuum than it is a. And so what this point is driving at then is that you you that framing among contemporary in contemporary societies, whether democracies or non-democracies, relies on less coherent and centralized frames, but like yeah. is like a kind of network. A personalized a network of many frames that yes. link together yes. various exactly highly segmented groups i mean jesus yes. it sounds like it's just much harder work yeah like in some ways easier as we'll see easier to reach but harder to coordinate i mean jesus yeah. that's yeah. like the that's like the real killer right is coordinating all these things right and it, because they they end up and i don't know i don't want to like scoop some of the stuff later right but okay. like it, i don't think i ended up including this one but i mean one of the things that they that this like personalized kind of frame has done is it created these it's it's enabled some of these mass like very much large numbers right mm -hmm. but at the same time far less coherent. Right. So that you see this kind of... Right, it reminds me of what we were talking about last week where turning people out... Right. Like, it's another instance where, like, mass turnout is not indicative of the same degree of discipline. Right. And, and, and I guess I see the way now, thinking about it in these dynamics, that it is less powerful mm -hmm. because... We'll get to we'll okay. get to some okay. of the stuff about the way the failures of it okay. at the sort okay. of at the Sorry, end. Sorry, I just wanted we'll to jump to it. critique already. I feel like yeah. <laughs> speaking of being back in grad school. <laughs> All right, page seven forty-five, the centerpiece of the PPF site. So that was this uh, put, Power Fund. Put people first. It was <laughs> a um, anti G twenty mm -hmm. like anti globalization right. environmental. Okay. You know. Okay. So the centerpiece of their website, I guess. I think it's okay. their website. Was a prominent text yes, box yes, under an image website. of a megaphone that invited the visitor to, quote, send your own message to the G20. Many of the messages to the G20 echoed the easy to personalize action frame of PPF. And they also revealed a broad range of personal thoughts about the crisis and possible solutions. Now this is really interesting. So this is what this makes me think about is when I went to the I-81 yeah, yeah, yeah. When I went to the I-81 presentation over at Henniger uh -huh. in the high school. and um, So the I-81, the big interstate, runs right through Syracuse. Right through downtown. It's a, it's, you can read articles about it. I encourage you to look them up because it's a, it's a fascinating piece of, of mid-century American history. And that same kind of uh, racial ra racist, racial destruction of black neighborhoods and right. the placement of the interstate. Right. So they're redoing it and just... The, the, the only context that's important is that this was a bureaucratic meeting sponsored by the DOT where there would be no feedback right. like given by the DOT. Right. It was, it was yeah, the a state public was comment. receiving information. It was a public comment meeting. And the purpose of the meeting was to receive comments to be entered into the official record that would have, that these, this public comment period would have to be commented upon in the draft environmental impact statement. Mm -hmm. So, when I went to this meeting, I was just curious about what it was, what was going on. And what I noticed was 
some degree of discipline insofar mm -hmm. as people had turned out. And some people were reading a canned statement. Mm -hmm. But really not everyone was reading the canned statement. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself while I was there sitting behind the local power brokers, the local mm -hmm. electeds, yeah. I thought to myself as I was sitting back there, like, if I'm looking at it from their perspective, if I see a group of people all saying the exact same thing, that strikes me as more powerful than a whole bunch of people who have their own private things and get distracted. It's just so much easier to distract people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if they don't have the same message. And I thought, man, like, this is, I, I see, wow. I mean, I was just blown away and thought to myself, like, if everyone, like, if, if I were running the organization, I'd be like, okay, everyone, dress the same way. Mm -hmm. You've got your card. You go up. You've got three minutes. You read all this text that we've prepared that's exactly three minutes long. You read it, and you sit down. Mm -hmm. And, like, everyone, I mean, I don't know. But this is just interesting. This whole thing is like, whatever. Like people just put their own random thoughts yeah. on the G20 in there. Yeah. And it's like, what? Yeah. What <laughs> on earth are you gonna do with that? I mean, I love that it's that megaphone too. There's something I can imagine this 2012 or whatever 2010 website with the megaphone and the like. Yeah. Tell the G20 like. Tell them what? <laughs> tell them what? Tell who what? Uh. How? I mean, it's okay. All right. Should I just keep moving? PPF. Keep, keep moving as a personal action frame was easy to shape and share with friends near and far. Of course, yes, share. It became a powerful example of what students of viral communication refer to as a meme. <laughs> that is a symbolic <laughs> packet that travels easily across large and diverse <laughs> This is so amazing. Isn't it great? Yeah, <laughs> so I'm loving this. A, lar a symbolic packet that travels easily across large and diverse populations <laughs> because it is easy to imitate, adapt personally, and share broadly with others. Memes are network building and bridging units of social information transmission, similar to genes in the biological sphere. They travel through personal appropriation and then by imitation and personalized expression via social sharing in ways that help others appropriate, imitate, and share in turn. So memes. <laughs> Partly, I just like we had Memes. this. We worked with someone that was a, a bit older, and she used to call them mems. mems. <laughs> it was anyway. Yeah, I was thinking of mems. I was too <laughs> <in that laughs> just moment. kept thinking about mems. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is like in that way, though. I mean, what they really have described is precisely what makes memes funny, mm -hmm. but what makes them. I don't know, like you don't necessarily, I d it doesn't seem to me that if you're trying to engage in public action, you really want your framing to be a game of telephone. Right. Because you don't, I mean, that's the whole point of that game is that it's funny what ends up the final message being transmitted. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know, this is, I don't like this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know that you were gonna. The I, I it's fun. It makes it more the podcast more fun. I yeah. wasn't expecting you to down on this. Well, but it just strikes me as so. I guess I this is the part that brings out my own. I mean, I guess this is really some of my own control problems mm -hmm. about like sure. wanting to be boss right. <laughs> and really sure. feeling. I guess there's a, a certain way in which this is just democratic, right? And like if what it circulates through the network of people who care about this and it gets transformed by its circulation then that's just fucking democracy and deal with it, dude. 
Yeah, so one of the things that I think is interesting, well, I, w I want to finish the thing before we get too far into this, like, failure, success, and whatnot, yeah, okay. is that, okay. like, and then I want to sort of put a hold on, is that this, what was it, people, put people first, yeah. was, like, <laughs> was actually successful. So, like, that protest ended up being, like, having kind of unity, having this, the, the WUNC. Yeah. The, right, that, you know, the wonk or whatever. So that, that we sometimes see that, mm -hmm. even in these, like, hyper-decentralized protests, but we regularly don't, mm -hmm. right? So I think there's, anyway, th I want to sort of put that conversation off until we finished and got into the okay. last card. Okay. But, like, okay. I think there is something, I think you are not wrong, but it's unclear when you are, if that makes sense. So I am, uh, you're saying... You're not fully wrong here. I'm over-predicting failure. I mean, failure is probably more often than not because movements rarely get off right. the ground. Right. But like, but that, the, that sometimes this works and why isn't totally Got you. clear. Well, that's interesting. I love that. Now yeah. that I like. Yeah. That I like. I'm going to keep, since it sounds like you've saved some good cards for later. Well, the failure stuff is at the end. Okay. So. Well, I'll just keep moving? Yeah. Okay. Page 746. We want to stress that not all personal action frames travel equally well or equally far. Sure. The fact that these messages traveled more easily in Spain and Greece than in France or Italy is an interesting example pointing to the need to study failures as well as successes. Just being easy to personalize, for example, I am personally indignant about X, Y, and Z, and so I join with Los Indignados, does not ensure successful diffusion. Both political opportunities and conditions for social adoption may differ from situation to situation. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, right? When I think about, I mean, I guess the counterexample that probably most of the people in your social movements class are sitting here thinking about as I'm like <laughs> ranting about this being needing to be centralized and stuff is like probably people are screaming right now. <laughs> like, have you ever heard of Me Too? <laughs> like, or, right, Me Too. Right, Me again. Too was cl the classic. Right. I mean, the whole thing. Hashtag Me Too right. is all about right personal. All about personal sharing a personal expression experience. and a personal experience. Yeah, right. I mean, BLM so, okay, has. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, BLM, yeah, BLM has BLM some too. of that too, but that one I think probably mixes that. Is like that organizational hybrid where you actually do have, I think. And chunk of organizations that are... And I feel like the meme, if we're going to, I mean, yeah. and to use that in a highly technical <laughs> sense, meme <laughs> of BLM, Black Lives Matter, is already itself a frame. Right. Right. I right. mean, that's already itself... It a, is. A, right. A, Me Too is not. Whereas Me Too really is much more, seems yeah. to me, the hashtag Me Too is like... Me Too. Is, yeah. Could be any number of could things. Could be anything. But hashtag Black Lives Matter... Is really can right. do, do nothing other than reiterate the Black Lives Matter. Right. Whereas hashtag Me Too could be like, I ate polenta tonight. Yeah. Right. A and, the, and the guy near me was an asshole. Right. Well, no. I mean, just like the actual, right, hashtag, the actual right, hashtag Me Too tonight, could be right. like. I see what you mean. You know it could be saying? literally anything. It could be literally anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas like the hashtag Black Lives Matter. Right. Can't. Can't literally no. be anything. I mean, you could use it in jocular ways. Right. But, but no. Really, really right? and like when then people appropriated it, right, with the blue lives matter or the all lives matter, yeah. the, 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 right. but it's you then have to change it, right? It's not like you could put black lives matter on it 
and then do you know what I mean? Right, right so like you couldn't infiltrate that yeah. network of communication with messages that were totally off base. Right. Whereas with hashtag me too, you could infiltrate that hashtag. Right? In a like way, it could still make sense if you put it on the end of whatever. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting about, I mean, that's interesting. That's, that's, I like yeah. it. Now I'm, now, okay. It just took, it took me a minute. <laughs> it took me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, page 748. These connective action networks can operate importantly through the organizational processes of social media, and their logic does not require strong organizational control or the symbolic construction of a united we. The logic of connective action, we suggest, entails a dynamic of its own and thus deserves analysis on its own analytical terms. Okay. Um, I think this is just... Is that the whole card? That's the whole card. I was having a hard time kind of pulling out. I think that here was the, read the very beginning part of that again. These connective action networks can operate importantly through the organizational processes of social media and their logic does not require strong organizational control or the symbolic construction of a united we. Right. So, I mean, this is like partly just that this, th I think this is their, the argument framed in the sense that the collective action frame is all about creating a shared we, we right? right? And, and so the, the connective action is like not, right? I mean, you could right. be like against trade because you're pro-environment or you're pro-union or you're pro, right? So that there's this like mm -hmm. sense in which you are only very loosely, like they talk about one of those G20 protests that was like, lo like I don't remember, it was like longshoremen or something. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, the environmentalists dressed as turtles. So it was like these like, or the sort of like disjuncture that you have of these like people making common cause, but without really ever adopting a we, right? Like right. That it's unclear that the longshoremen and the turtle dressed people yeah, ever really, really were we, right? That they just were both there, but you know, so that, 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 that this is a different kind of organizing logic than one that really is really truly building a shared meaning. Right, like right. those people didn't have to have a shared meaning to both show up at that protest. So they just were like both mad. So is this still, is this still framing? I don't know if they call, he, they don't use, they call it this personalized, uh -huh. they call it this connective action, they call it, what do they call it? The digital, whatever the DNA bad acronym Digitally was. networked association? Digitally. Networked actions, digitally networked, networked actions. actions, and then they call it um, a personalized something. Personalized, yeah, personalized frame maybe, which is like almost like it's like your own frame. Yeah, personal action frames. Personal action frames. So instead of a collective action frame, right. it's your personal action frame, which is what got you there and what you shared with your networks. And yeah. Like yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting, I don't I know. I think it does still do some of the framing things, right? Because mm -hmm. the idea is that, like, you aren't actually just, like, I had polenta for dinner. You're, like, trade is, kill is like, you know. Price of corn is out of control. I paid <laughs> $17 for this organic <laughs> polenta. <laughs> right. And it came from China. Or, I mean, it, right. But, I mean, who knows, right? That, like. Worker-owned Bob's Red Mill. Thank you. <laughs> Um, in any case, 
that this is that idea, right? That like your frame could be about polenta and someone else's frame would be, but the, then you right, would turtles share that. Or but you would also still be diagnosing the trade problem based on your polenta. Right, 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 right. Right, so it still is a frame in the sense, like, if we think back to sort of that early Benford and Snow, that you're, like, diagnosing a problem, attributing blame, trying to motivate action, right, that those things are still happening, but instead of in this shared collective sense, they're happening, like, you're just doing it and then sharing that with your network that then may retake some of it and make their own sharing. So I'm thinking about a variety of the examples that we've drawn here. And I'm thinking about how all of them are large-scale systemic problems without clear actors mm -hmm. and clear pathways of accountability, right? And so, so when I so, so G20, you, not the Arab Spring, not the Arab Spring. The Arab Spring is is different, but also in an authoritarian context, right? Right. Yeah, it just seems to me like I guess I think that it's in some ways not surprising that you end up with these personal action frames right. and digitally networked actions and whatever, right. whatever kind of like segmentation and fragmentation right. in those for for movements that are targeting. Right, the like tear down the patriarchy. Right. right. Like I mean, wh who? Where? Wh How? Which? Like, yeah. Right, or environmental action right. at the present moment where it's right. like, well. Everything's uh, on fire, literally. Yeah. yeah, and who do we target, Yeah. right? I mean, I don't know, Yeah. right? So, so it seems like these, it makes sense why you would end up with all of these personal things in part because mm -hmm. the, there's still, I mean, I suppose, you know, environmental activists like Bill McKibben have worked very hard to, right, to apply a common frame like of the enemy is fossil fuel oil. companies, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's been a long process right. of of doing uh, of of doing that work. Yeah. Um, and partially, though, I would say not completely successful. No, it hasn't been completely successful. I think that's quite. I think there's been some success. Yeah. No, but. but it, but it isn't the case that everyone is like, well, we know the problem with climate change is these fossil, fossil fuel fuels, companies. No, like, no one, no. that's not. No, I mean, there's still people. In even among environmentalists, like, yeah. right? Even yeah. among environmentalists. I mean. To say nothing to the general public. Right, right. Yeah. Right, right. And I mean, it's kind of, I mean, that's just really, that to me, that is what stands out to me as I think about these. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a certain regard, even in an org like BLM, like, if we're thinking about it as, like, the police, right? I mean, mm -hmm. this is another one that there is no the police, so in a certain regard. And we're talking about systemic racism. Right. Which also has right. no exact, you know. I mean, yeah, the police has congealed as a, as a as an collective enemy. action frame. It is the yeah, enemy. No, it I mean is it's shared enemy. It is that. And it's that an I think it's actually, that one is less personalized, actually. I think frames. it's become less personalized, and I think that's... I think that's to its... Most part of its efficacy, probably. Yeah, I would guess, right? I mean, that's what I told my students on Friday in their Zoom, that I thought that that was mm -hmm. rhetorically in the same way that... Well, we, we don't need to talk about yeah, Thomas Paine. Right, <laughs> revolutionary. Right, slogan. but it was, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was providing it as a revolutionary right. kind of frame. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, these are just idle thoughts as I'm plowing through this reading here. So let's go to 751.
Sustainable and effective collection action from the perspective of the broader logic of collective action typically requires varying levels of organizational resource mobilization deployed in organizing leadership, developing common action frames, and brokerage to bridge organizational differences. Mm -hmm. All right, so... This is what you pointed out right at the very get, yeah. right? Okay. Which is just like, to actually do successful collective action framing actually requires... Yeah, you've already, you're begging the question. You've already organized, or not begging the question. No, but, but like, but this is like, a, perhaps the also like an iterative process of like oh, right. framing and getting resources and then right. getting it's leadership and then yes. like, right, that this is like happening in a kind of more, right, could be a resource intensive, potentially mm -hmm. resource intensive Okay, but project. by contrast, they say on 752 to 753, in this connective logic, <coughs> taking public action or contributing to a common good becomes an act of personal expression and recognition or self-validation achieved by sharing ideas and actions and trusted relationships. Sometimes the people in these exchanges may be on the other side of the world, but they do not require a club, a party, or a shared ideological frame to make the connection. In place of the initial collective action problem of getting the individual to contribute, the starting point of connective action is the self-motivated, though not necessarily self-centered, sharing of already internalized or personalized ideas, plans, images, and resources with networks of others. Now it's starting to get me a little... I don't know. <laughs> You're back and forth. I'm back and forth on this because I guess when I think about this, I mean, it, it, it does seem like it no longer... I mean, I guess it is, in a sense, about taking public action insofar as you want to be recognized as someone who holds these values or beliefs. Mm -hmm. And you want, perhaps, to be admitted into a community where those beliefs and values are shared in common. Mm -hmm. And you believe that the way to do so is to announce these things and express them. Mm -hmm. So I suppose we could call that public action. But I, I guess when I think about this, I mean, it seems to me like, well, I hope, I sure as hell hope someone's on the other side of that process channeling this desire for recognition into some actual public action that's well, targeting something. So, I mean, I think this still is like getting us to this other question about success and failure yes. here. Yeah. But I mean, it was interesting because when we, when my Friday class was uh, talking about mobilization and the recent BLM protests, one of the um, students brought up um, virtue signaling. Sure. So like people yeah. showing up just to look like they were good people, right? Yeah, yeah. And showing up to events. And, you know, there was the, you know, part of my response to this was like, yeah, and once they were there, they were still a body in that crowd right. that got counted, right? And you know, we have lots of examples of people showing up at protests, like, because bands were playing, and so they... Naturally, Or, yes. like, just they were wanting to see what was going on, especially where communication stuff gets shut down, like in authoritarian mm -hmm. regimes. Like, people didn't show up initially to be at the protest. They just, like, lost the news and then went to see what was happening. But then they're in the pro... Right. right. So that, like, there are ways in which I think these dynamics of you know, say virtue signaling or however, you know, that would be, I think, the kind of, like, mm -hmm. how we might think about some of that now or whatever this, like, maybe it's not even always virtue signaling. Sometimes I think it is that feel-good, like, I wrote a thing self -expression. on that. I wrote right. the well, thing I, on I the think the, the way that they talked about it is really, I think that's actually really nice. It's, like, a self-expressive politics. Right. And so, like, that, that 
sometimes, though not always, right, then translates into action. But so do collective action frames, right? right. I mean, like you can have like this like expensively con you know conceived frame of we that like gets nobody out in the That's streets, right. right? So I mean, I think that there are still, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that I think that I I mean I have some sympathy for for folks who view it in the sort of virtue signaling way. I, I can see that perspective. And, and then I also find it persuasive that, yeah. I mean, if you're showing up, you're still showing up. And at a certain point in the cycle of contention, it may not matter right. how committed you are right. or what you're even committed to, right? right? I mean, yeah. right? So if you show up and you don't have, you show up in Tahrir Square in 2011 because you want to see what's going on, and then the army comes in and starts busting your heads. Yeah. Well, you I bet. Well, I used to make a joke about like Hamilton's own politics when you had some of those protests and you would have some of the students who um, were showing up at them and clearly not part of the protests uh, mm -hmm. around some of the racial uh, tensions so, right. that happened earlier on. And some of the sort of student groups that had been part of stoking uh, protest, right, ended up sort of being at protests. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it always makes me laugh because I'm like, well, you still were then part of the number of protests, right? You know, whether you yeah, were when there it was written to up in like the observer dispatch, yeah. it was still, <laughs> yeah, when they said 500 students yeah. showed up, they were counting <laughs> you. They were counting you, yeah. So, like, that there's, I think, some kind of ironic part of that, kind of like that no matter why you're showing up, that like once you're there, you're you've shown up, like, which doesn't help necessarily going forward, but it does sometimes mm -hmm. change the, you know, like, what's going on at an event, that, like, you can get these tipping points. Um, I guess what I think about it, though, that I, it seems to me like the self-expressive is, so, I guess when I think about, when I think about collective, when I think about movements and organizing, and I think about, like, I guess I think that to take real risks, you have to have like a real fire in your belly. Right? Sure, yeah. And if your fire in your belly is notice me, well, like it's pretty easy to satisfy that fire in your belly, right? Like well, you're maybe, noticed I and don't maybe, know. well, maybe, I, I mean, guess you're I'm right. Not sure. Notice I me mean, is a very like, powerful one. I think one. it might be a powerful right, one. That's a and it's like, actually, one. I think, Shit. I mean, I don't know. They, the students right, could tell us more right. like how you get like a gazillion followers on. Insta or whatever, but it's like doesn't seem to me to be just super straightforward and easy that that just like comes right. So right, and if you're yeah, no, I mean I guess. Well, maybe, the other right. thing that I would say oh, is that okay. like okay, I think it's a little different, but maybe in this hyper atomized period, maybe we do look like an authoritarian regime. I don't know, but I mean when I think about what happened in some of the more in like. Um, I think it was in the Egyptian case that um, El Paolo Gerbaudo, Gerbaudo, I think is his name, writes about, I love his work, he's kind of a nut. I, I don't know him, mm -hmm. but his. Mm -hmm. um, but he shows about how one of the things that happened was that the, um, the sort of Facebook page that ended up being kind of a catalyst for the, the protests in Egypt, that one of the things that they were doing was asking people to like share their experiences with the police. Mm -hmm. 
and some I think were videos, but I think some was just conversation. And the moderators on that site were actually very active, so they were like, co like connecting, and mm. so that they were actually doing like this cultivation work yeah. of yeah. like. So it was this very personal, whatever they call this, personal action frames or whatever, but then it was like actually being curated and cultivated by admins. Yeah. And, and then, but then it was hel helping enable people to see this as like a common problem as opposed to these one-off experiences, which like has this potential to be powerful, That's right? So like it was constructing a we in this very like, which again, I don't think this happens every time, right? Like, mm -hmm. but like in in this case, what you saw was like this was actually kind of. I mean, it's more like in this way it looks more like BLM, I think. But like, right, it was like very focused on police violence that happened after, uh, I think a student had been. I don't know if he had been. I think he was killed. I can't remember. It's been a while since I read all about that. But in any case, right, it prompted this whole sort of outpouring of experiences with the police. And like I said, the like moderators were like actually quite active on this Facebook page. And so like, I think that's, you know, I mean, so there was like, it was like, I forget, Gerbato calls it something like the choreography of, mm -hmm. you know, he like gives it this kind of metaphor about choreography, right? Which was, but it was like that this isn't, that this, where, I mean, he argues in this book that that's actually what made some of these more successful was this like more active kind of like, Moderator, facilitator, you know, facilitator organizer, you right? I mean, yeah. it's this but not in this traditional. You know, it wasn't like it doesn't look like the same necessarily. This wasn't some kind of macho organizer. No, well, he might have been. I don't know. He might have been, a, but oh. like, it, it it wasn't a like well funded group. Right. Right. It was like basically like a dude that was like living in. He wasn't in Egypt. He was like doing it from abroad. Yeah. No, it doesn't have to be top right. down. But there needs to be someone. There needs to be some aspect of the move. I mean, well, that and then has I mean, the vision to try and or that is trying to tie it to a vision. Well, I mean, you saw even like in the case of the Egyptian protest, right? They have the power to topple, but then. Yeah, the, like what happens next. next when you actually have, and I mean, there was actually organizations, as mm -hmm. you saw mm -hmm. in the what what happened with the rise of the Muslim Brotherhood, right? Is that they were the organization that was tightly, and there was unions in Egypt too. That, um, but in any case, that's mm -hmm. you know. I mean, this is interesting stuff. I like this. I like this a lot. It made me think of some interesting things. This was an interesting piece. Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. Good. It's a good class. I like You this still class. have more cards, though. Oh, you're right. I got last one. Last got one. the failure one. I was like, we haven't talked Excuse about the failure me. yet. Just as traditional collective action efforts can fail. I mixed up my cards over there. That's the problem when I was looking up personalized action frame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, just as, this is page 753 to 754. Just as traditional collective action efforts can fail to result in sustained or effective movements, there is nothing preordained about the results of digitally mediated networking processes. More often than not, they fail badly. The transmission of personal expression across networks may or may not become scaled up, stable, or capable of various kinds of targeted action, depending on the kinds of social technology designed and appropriated by participants, and the kinds of opportunities that may motivate anger or compassion across large numbers of individuals. Mm. Right. So there's no reason why we expect these things to... Right to be more or less successful. I mean, this is sort of what I was just talking about, right? That I think that like, they leave it at this sort of sense of like, I mean, they're more positive than you about this, I think. Um, 
I'm, I've, I'm coming But the around. end is all failures, right? Mm -hmm. So they talk about this at the end. They talk about how basically, so one of their successes is Occupy. And it's actually interesting because Gerbaudo in his book does Occupy as one of the movements he does. And he actually says that they had actually really bad internet choreography mm -hmm. at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that like it wasn't until I think people actually were in the streets that the stuff takes off. So it's like right. it wasn't this kind of explosive thing yeah, that happens. That's my memory. That's right? my memory. It, like right. in the same way of like the Arab Spring or the Indignados even, I think, where they like, it's like much more this kind of explosive that the Occupy was slower to go. And then they eventually did take make use of that technology better and it, you know, then like went. But it was like a very different beginning mm -hmm. that like, and they actually had to have the physical space but then they talk about how there was this like tension between these like really loose networks of like technology kind of affiliated people and then the like face to face people that were actually occupying these squares mm -hmm. and like doing this kind of like you know i mean I, I remember back to the like democratic governance of like resources and like the people's microphone all of this stuff right that like that and like as the people that were committed to actually staying in the squares were dwindling, mm -hmm. like sort of the debates on how you sort of like expand participation, but then you actually have commit have to have commitment to be actually living in a right. plaza, right? And right. like getting you know pepper sprayed and whatever. Um, so they have this as an this as an example. That's like one of their sort of successful examples in the sense that like you know, their message gets out very broadly, but then, and I think does get inequality into the public discourse in a way it wasn't before. Mm -hmm. um, but then their actual sort of street mobilization, like, you know, peters out, and then, you know, there's like a disjoint sort of between those two levels of who's in the streets and who's, you know, on the net, on the internet. Um, and then the other example that they give is, um, in the G20 protests, so they talk about some that are successful, right? There's that London example, which they never explain why. It's, it's, uh, like I said, this Gerbauno book, I think, does a better job of sort of giving some variation. Maybe his is later, to be fair. This was, what did I say, 2010, 2012. Are you teaching on Gerbauno book? No, not no. this semester. Um, I've taught it before. It's a fun book. Um, tweets in the Streets? Tweets in the Streets, yeah. Okay. yeah. I've given one of my students... Uh, his spiky posters one about like wheat pasting posters mm. up. Uh, he's got something new out that I actually wanted to read that just came across my radar that's uh, maybe even about elections, mm. but also on this kind of digital mm. stuff. Anyway, I, I haven't looked at it yet. It's in my inbox somewhere. Anyway, um, so there's no real explanation in this piece. Like they don't do much to separate out what the, Success like, they like talk the about that it succeeds and fails, but then they don't. So this like London example of this, the people put people first. Um, that like is like seems to do like really well, and then they contrast it at the end. So that's like the story at the beginning is the PPF, and then at the end they talk about this like these Pittsburgh protests, um, mm -hmm. that were like one of these you know kind of anti-globalization yeah. ones, and uh, they have this hilarious story, and I like it partly because this is how I always describe protests in my when I used to give my repression talk. Mm -hmm. Often talk about this, and so I'll just read part of it just because it's kind of fun. Disrupted by police assaults and weak organizational coordination. Again, we're talking about organizations now. Right. You'll notice, even right. though this is a personalized action, whatever. The Pittsburgh protests displayed a cacophony of political messages mm -hmm. that were poorly translated in the press and even became the butt of late night comedy routines. The Daily Show sent a correspondent to Pittsburgh 
and reported on a spectrum of messages that included a free Tibet matching symbol, oh, I should probably be marching, I don't know, marching symbol band, Palestinian peace advocates, placards condemning genocide in Darfur, hemp and marijuana awareness slogans, and denunciations of the beef industry, along with more expected condemnations of globalization and capitalism. One protester carried a sign saying, I protest everything. And another dressed as Batman stated that he was protesting the choice of Christian Bale to portray his movie hero. That's amazing. <laughs> right. That's amazing. Um, right. So, I mean, I think that this is also that sort of, you they know. They were all counted, though. They were all counted. They were there. Yeah. But this sort of interesting sort of issue of what they're being counted for is yeah. not fully. Yeah, yeah. Fully clear. Yeah, no. I mean, this is this was... This is good. This um, is good stuff. Yeah. So anyway, so that was, you know, where this one was left. And I mean, I think that there is some, I don't, uh, interestingly in this class, I, students haven't really talked about wanting to do um, stuff on, at least not yet. They're just sort of thinking about research focuses or foci mm -hmm. um, this week and sort of trying to go from broad interest to narrow. But People haven't talked as much about social media and protest as in some mm -hmm. times. I haven't taught this class in a few years, and I feel like it was more of an interest. Mm. Like people talked about more, maybe now it's such a given that no one, everyone's like, yeah, obviously. Right. Um, but I still actually think there's a lot we don't understand about what makes some of these far yeah. more effective than others, right? Why some are still just total flops. And I mean, I think that they sort of make this out as like that it's somehow easier than the old collective action frames, but their examples of the yeah, failures no. just suggest to me that it is it's absolutely different, not. Different, like, yeah. yeah, it follows different, um, probably different factors of success and failure. And like some of it may be the same. Like I think what I was reading, I actually wasn't convinced. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's like this one where it's just like disrupted by the police assaults and weak organizational yeah, coordination right. where I'm just like, well, you yeah, just got organizations back in there, right? And when you have these things that have no organization, then it's like hard to, you know, actually yeah. get your shit together, you know? It's very true. Like, so anyway. Very um, true. Yeah, so this was, this was what we're talking about this week. I look forward to some uh, discussions over Zoom coming up. I haven't, well, we'll be seeing some discussion questions from our group this week, and we will also be talking about your own uh, research projects this week in class, as well as the material from Nanda. Sounds good. All right, everybody, have a, have a good week until I see you in discussion sections. All right, bye-bye. <laughs>